الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وخاتم النبيين وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين ومن تبعهم بإحسان ودعا بدعوتهم وسن بسنتهم واقتدى بهديهم إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في محكم تنزيله بعد أن أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسابقون الأولون من المهاجرين والأنصار والذين اتبعوهم بإحسان رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنه وأعد لهم جنات تجري تحتها الأنهار خالدين فيها My dear respected صدق الله العظيم My dear respected brothers and sisters Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this heart that naturally it is inclined to love. And no matter what, this heart will be attached to someone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has identified for us what we should be lo- who we should be loving and what we should be loving, what is worthy of our love. Instead of loving this fleeting world, this material world that we have to leave behind, we should love that which is eternal, which will stay with us, which will benefit us perpetually. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Why is it that you are loving this material world and preferring it over the hereafter when it is better in the eyes of your Lord, abqa and is everlasting? So just like we have love of, of worldly people, and people we idolize and look up to who have worldly accomplishments. In reality, our heart should love those who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our heart should be attached to those who are beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number one, of course, after loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the most supreme love in the heart of a believer, those who are the believers, their strongest love is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh Allah, make your love the most strong love in my heart. Which is the first, not the topic of today. The second is of course love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa which we have spoken about and we need to continue to remind ourselves as well about the love of our beloved Rasul sallallahu being a part of Iman. لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده وولده والناس أجمعين None of you can be a true believer until I am more beloved to him than his parents, his children, than of all mankind. Loving Rasulullah sallallahu is an integral element of our Iman. We have spoken about love of Allah and love of Rasulullah sallallahu on numerous occasions. But I wanted to highlight something beyond that. Is that after love of Allah and love of Rasulullah sallallahu what should be the position in our hearts for those noble companions of Rasulullah The Sahaba and Sahabiyat radiallahu ta'ala anhu ajma'in. As you could have perhaps noted from the ayah I selected, what the topic of the, of the talk will be. Rasulullah has taught us a dua that Allahumma atina hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk. Wa hubba man yuballighuna hubbuhu hubbak. That O oh Allah grant us your love and grant us the love of those who love you and grant us the love of those people by loving them, we will learn how to love you. Subhanallah. Allahumma atina hubbak. O Allah, grant us your love. Wa hubba man yuhibbuk. 
in the love of those who love you. In the love of those people, by loving them, we will eventually learn how to love you. So this is not limited to Rasulullah sallallahu This is this includes all of the beloved ones of Allah subhanahu wa taala. By virtue of loving them, you will learn how to love Allah. So this includes the Sahaba radiallahu anhum as the first of as the first line of this ummah, the one upon whom who were the first initial recipients of the divine revelation. They re, of course directly was revealed upon Rasulullah sallallahu but they were the first muhatabin al-awwalin, those who the Quran addresses directly. They are the noble companions of Rasulullah And after them, his second generation is the tabi'een. Tabi'een means those who are the followers. They are those who came after the Sahaba. And then after them, we had the third generation, the tab'ut tabi'een. Those who followed, those who followed. Meaning the third generation. These are the three generations concerning which Rasulullah said, Khayrul quruni qarni. The best of all the times is my time, the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in. Then the era of those who come after, meaning the tabi'in. And then the era of those who come after them, the tabu tabi'in. These three eras have been specifically highlighted by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and and he used the word khair that these are the best of the eras superlative degree khairul qurun the best of the eras guaranteed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so the first of these are the sahaba what does it mean to be Sahabi? What is the definition of a Sahabi? A Sahabi is the one who came in contact with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He met Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And he accepted Islam on the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He spent some time in the company. And this is a wake-up call. That is not the end of the definition. Can we say anyone who met Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We cannot say that. Abu Jahal, Abu Lahab met Rasulullah. They met Rasulullah very many times, so many times, very much in, uh, uh, in communication with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Absolutely not Sahabi. They are among the leaders of the mushrikeen. So you have to believe in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But after believing in Rasulullah and meeting Rasulullah, can you become a Sahabi for sure? The definition is still not complete and this is a lesson on its own. We need to make dua to Allah Ta'ala, Rabbana la tuzigh qulubana ba'da idh hadaytana. Oh Allah, do not allow our hearts to become accursed after you give us guidance. After you have given us guidance, do not allow our hearts to be accursed. Grant us mercy from your side, O oh Allah. Because if a person accepted Islam on the hands of Rasulullah Sallallahu and, and prayed salah behind Rasulullah Sallallahu and even struggled in jihad with Rasulullah Sallallahu they are still not a sahabi until they die on iman. Until they leave this world with Iman. If they leave this world without Iman, then they are not included among the Sahaba. And there are a few examples of that. One, imagine one Sahabi who was so beloved to Rasulullah so honored, so honored, that he was selected to be amongst the Katibin al-Wahi, the scribes that write down the revelation. 
Meaning, when the ayah of the Qur'an would be revealed, or in certain ayats of the Qur'an would be revealed, Rasulullah would call one of the selected honored scribes, Katibin al-Wahi. Total number ha, uh, has been listed as around 40 Sahaba. Some were the major ones, some were minor ones, including every major and minor one. Maximum number, total number is 40 Sahaba, were the scribes of revelation, writing down the wahi. So one of them was writing down the revelation, Rasulullah was dictating the wahi. And they came to uh, Surah Al-Mu'minun. This was the ayah that had been revealed. What an honor, fresh, fresh wahi, right off the Loh Al-Mahfud, like they say, right off the press, just came down from the Loh Al-Mahfud. On Rasulullah So Rasulullah was dictating and he was writing. Rasulullah said, And he wrote it down. This is ayah number 12 of Surah Mu'minun that we have created a human being from the clinging dirt. Then he wrote it down. Then we made it uh, into a clot in the beginning of this is the embryological stages of the development of the fetus of the human in the womb of the mother fi qararin makin in a safe place thumma khalaqna nutfata alaqa fa khalaqna alaqata mudgha fa khalaqna almudghata idama now he was going slow so he could write it so he kept on saying one one portion and he was writing it down then we made this clot into a uh, into a lump of flesh mudgha uh, then we made the mudgha into idam then we created bones then then we clothed the bones with more flesh then we created it and made it into a beautiful creation Nabi Sallallahu said this he wrote it down when he came to this point he said then we have made it into a beautiful creation he wrote it down the the writer of the revelation he was so overcome like wow this is amazing miracle of life he just exclaimed, فَتَبَارَكَ أَحْسَنُ الْخَالِقِينَ How blessed is the best creator. Nabi Sallallahu said, write that down. That's actually the conclusion of the ayah. If you look at it, it's فَتَبَارَكَ أَحْسَنُ الْخَالِقِينَ He said, I just said that. He said, exactly, that's what the wahi is. Uh-oh, this became a big test for him. He said, hmm, I just said that. And then you said, huh, yibi liklo, yibi. That's, that sounds nice. That's the, that has a nice ring to it. Was that the reason? It was coincidence that he said the same thing which was being revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This happened 14 times to Umar radiallahu anhu. 14 times. He never shook his faith. His, one of his titles is Mankana, uh, what's his name? Mankana ra'yuhu muwafiqan bil wahi wal kitab. On 14 occasions, the opinion of Umar radiallahu anhu was given. According to that, the ayah of the Quran was revealed. So he didn't say, hey, you're getting ideas from me. But this particular sahabi, he's, he just stopped for a moment and he paused. And he said, oh, what is going on here? I just said this and you're saying, oh, write that. Go ahead, write that. So imagine being so close to Rasulullah being a katib wahi, iman left his heart. He became murtad. He ran away from there. He said, I give up believing in the tr- truth of revelation. That's why we have to continuously make dua, Rabbana la tuziqulubana ba'da iz hadaytana. Oh Allah, grant us death on iman. If you, the fact that you have iman today, you might become a katib wahid, doesn't mean you will die with iman. So that is why part of the definition of a sahabi is the one who meets Rasulullah sallallahu stays in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu accepts Islam on the hand of Rasulullah sallallahu and dies with iman. What did Rasulullah sallallahu say about such sahaba? 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna Allah ikhtarani. Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen me. Now, the first part of the hadith is that he was chosen, he was selected. It was not coincidental, by chance he became Prophet of Allah. Right, he's, one amongst his titles is Mustafa and Mujtaba. And both mean the same thing. Mustafa is the chosen one and Mujtaba is the selected one. Both practically mean the same thing. He was chosen and selected by Allah. إِنَّ اللَّهِ اِخْتَارَنِي وَاخْتَارَ لِي أَصْحَابًا وَأَنصَارًا وَأَسْحَارًا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected for me, chose for me, my companions, my helpers, and my in-laws, my relatives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has selected them for me. فَسَيَتِي قَوْمٌ يَسُبُّونَهُمْ وَيَسْتَنْقِصُونَهُمْ Time will come when people will come and they will start cursing my companions. They will start cursing my companions and they will start finding faults in them. This was a prophecy of Rasulullah He said, فَلَا تُجَالِسُوهُمْ Do not sit with such people. وَلَا تُوَاكِلُوهُمْ Do not eat with such people. وَلَا تُشَارِبُوهُمْ Do not drink with such people. وَلَا تُنَاكِحُوهُمْ Do not marry such people. Such people who attack the status and the, and the maqam and the integrity of my sahaba. Because these are those who have been selected by me. They're selected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for me to be my companions. They didn't become my companion by choice. They were divinely selected. Abdullah ibn Saud radiallahu anhu said, لا تسبوا أصحاب محمد فلا مقاموا أحدهم ساعة خير من عملكم عمره He said, do not say anything bad about the sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For if any one of them stands for a few moments in the ibadah of Allah, it is better than your entire life of ibadah. خَيْرٌ مِنْ عَمَلِكُمْ عُمْرَةٌ Your whole umar, your whole life worth of ibadah is better than that. that because on the Day of Judgment, if you notice, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't speak about عَدُّ amal to counting the deeds. He speaks about وَزْنُ amal, weighing the deeds. وَنَضَعُ الْمَوَازِينَ الْقِسْطَ لِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ We will have the scales of deeds that will weigh the deeds. So, the more sincerity in iman and ikhlas that is in the deed, the heavier will be on the scale of judgment. Abu Bakr عنه, he only lived two and a half years after Rasulullah He was born two and a half years after him. He passed away two and a half years after him. 63 years, same life like Rasulullah same age. How many hajj could he do? He didn't have the opportunity to do so many hajj. He only did two hajj. When he was a khalifa, he went for hajj, of course. He did the hajj before Rasulullah Eighth year of hijrah was Fatih Makkah. Until then, it was mushrikeen dominated. Ninth year, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent him for Hajj. Tenth year, he did Hajj with the Wada' with Rasulullah Eleventh year as Khalifa, twelfth year as Khalifa. So he did four Hajj. Somebody may do forty Hajj. Can he surpass Siddiq Akbar Absolutely not. Because the level of Iman that he had. In fact, his Iman is so great, the Iman of the entire Sahaba, A'mal of the entire Sahaba, and the entire Ummah on one side cannot equal him. And he describes the Sahaba, he says, they were ilma. they had the deepest knowledge of deen. They had the purest and sincerest hearts. They had the least formalities. They were the lanterns of guidance. So these are those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised for them Jannah in the Quran. In the Quranic ayah that I recited in the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ Those who are the early predecessors, مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ 
the two groups those who migrated for the sake of Allah left their homelands and their and their wealth and their possessions and their life savings migrated from Makkah to Medina and those who are the Ansar the helpers of Medina both of them and then those who come after as well and followed in righteousness what is the maqam Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Allah this comes multiple places in the Quran to such an extent that whenever we take any one of their noble names then we add this title Allah is pleased with him and what has he done he says he has prepared for them gardens underneath which rivers flow they will remain therein forever this is the greatest success so this is a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another ayah in surah al-hadid Allah used the word wa'ada Allah ta'ala says لا يستوي منكم من أنفق من قبل الفتح وقاتل they can never be equal those who spend in the path of Allah those who strove in the path of Allah before the conquest of Makkah when it was difficult times and those who came afterwards when it was very easy to become a believer when everyone is entering the fold of Islam after the conquest of Makkah those who are in the difficult times gave the sacrifice initially their rank is higher than those who came afterwards and says in both categories before Fatih Makkah after Fatih Makkah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guaranteed for them Jannah and these are the ayats, these are the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam pertaining to the honor of all of the Sahaba, all those who are in this noble group. But then within the Sahaba, there are separate categories. And the categories is not based on language, not based on culture, not based on social status, or worldly education, or how much money they have, or how much influence and power they have. Rather, the status among the Sahaba is based on how much sacrifice they gave. Who gave the more sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and who was earlier in accepting Islam as the ayah quoted above mentions. So you have the groups, they have those tribes who accepted Islam and became Sahaba, they live far away. They only met Rasulullah for a few moments. Yes, we are going to give them the honor of being a Sahabi because they met Rasulullah for a few days and they went back to their tribe. They didn't have much longer association, but they become Sahaba. They are at the bottom of the Sahaba. Then you have those who spend more time with Rasulullah. They are the Muhajirin and Ansar. They spend maximum time with Rasulullah. Then amongst the Muhajirin and Ansar, there is a particular categorization of ranks. And this was in fact codified into law during the Khilafat of Umar when the treasury of the Baytul Mal of the Muslims was overflowing with so much money they didn't know what to do with it so then he said okay we have to start circulating this money back to the people so every Muslim child was born then the gold would start coming from the Khilafat from the Baytul Mal to the home every month for the new baby this welfare state was not something that was developed now it was developed by Umar so he made a ranking of what should be the stipends from the Baytul Mal to different sections of the society. So he gave a huge monthly stipend to Azwaj al-Mutaharat, the wives of Rasulullah And if you, me and you are thinking, we would, we would be imagining, wow, they would be getting thousands of gold coins every month just for being the wife of Rasulullah Fine, maybe they deserve it. What would they do? They must have made nice palaces, changed their furniture, got nice curtains, artwork, right? They would be giving it all out. They would be giving it sadaqah. 
These aswaz al mutahharat wise of Rasulullah sallallahu Allah had addressed them in the Quran. Ya Nisa and Nabi, in kuntun al hayat al zunya wa zina taha, fatalayna wa matiakunna wa usarrihkunna sarahan jamila. When kuntunna taradna Allah or Rasulah wa dar al akhirah, fainna Allah addal il muhsanati min kunna ajran adima. Oh, wise of Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are not, lastunnaka ahadim min al nisa. You're not like the normal woman. If you want dunya and material wealth, Come and I will give you so much. This is after Fatih Khaybar when a lot of material wealth came into hand of Rasulullah. You can get all the dunya you want and I will let you go and I will free you from my nikah. And if you want Allah and the Rasul and the Akhirah, then be patient. You are at a higher standard. So they, they would give it out. But they were given a, a, a big, nice pension. Then there was Hassan and Hussein, they were given pension. Daughters of Rasulullah not really existed. Fatima, Zainab, Ruqiyah, they passed away in the life of Rasulullah, three. The only one remained with Fatima, she passed away. Radiallahu anhunna ajma'in. She passed away six months after him during Khilaf Abu Bakr. So she was not even in the equation. But Hassan and Hussein were there. They got pension from Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And then you had the Ashara Mubashara, 10 Sahaba guaranteed Jannah. Then you had Ashabul Badr. Whoever was alive from the Badriyin, 313. Special rank, 313. After the battle of Badr, Rasulullah looked at them. He said, Perhaps Allah has looked upon you. And he said, You are free. You are guaranteed Jannah. You may do whatever you want. You may do whatever you want. Your Jannah, Jannah is guaranteed Jannah. Confirmed Jannah. The way we feel we have Jannah confirmed, he actually confirmed it for those Badriyan. Then you have Ashab al-Uhad. Those 700 of Uhad. Then you have those who participated in 3,000 in Khandaq. You see the numbers get bigger as the time goes later. Then you have Ashab al-Hudaybiyah, special status for them, 1,400. 1,400 who took the bi'ah on the hand of Rasulullah under the tree of Hudaybiyah. And they put their hand in the hand of Rasulullah and we said, they said, we are ready to give our life to defend Islam and to avenge the death of Uthman ibn Affan, the ambassador of Rasulullah who went for negotiation. And the rumor has spread that he had been killed. Allah says in Surah Al-Fatih, indeed Allah is pleased with the believers. When they are taking the oath of allegiance on your hand underneath the tree of Hudaybiyah. Nabi Jabir, Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari radiallahu anhu says, Kunna yawma al-Hudaybiyyati alfan wa arba'a mi'ah. On the day of Hudaybiyyah, we were 1,400 gathered under the tree. Faqala lana nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I recall Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at us and said, Antum al-yawma khayrun min ahli al-ardi. You today gathered here are the best of the creation on the entire surface of the earth. Then after that, we have those who participated in the Hajj with Rasulullah and then those at the end you have those who accepted Islam so these are the ranks the more sacrifice a person did the earlier he accepted Islam the more he put forward the higher the rank of that person would be and the time is concluded Alhamdulillah we do not have opportunity to go into specific virtues but at every single rank there are, are, are virtues if you look in the books of a hadith then there is a chapter called Kitab al-Manaqib the books of virtues where Nabi gave specific virtues and praises so there is a chapter on Manaqib of Sahaba, the virtues of all of the Sahaba in general. Then there is a book chapter where Nabi Sallallahu praised the Muhajireen only. There is a chapter where he praised the Ansar only. Like he said, لَوْ سَلَكَ النَّاسُ وَادِيًا وَسَلَكَ الْأَنصَارُ وَادِيًا لَسَلَكْتُ وَادِيًا الْأَنصَارِ That when they were afraid, after the conquest of Makkah, they got afraid. They said, Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu came to us because he was kicked out of the city. 
Now he has regained the city of his birth. He is going to abandon us, go back to Makkah, and we are going to lose our beloved Muhammad sallallahu So he gathered them and he gave them a very beautiful speech and says, I love you Ansar. If the people are traveling and they go on one side and the Ansar take another valley, I will go with the, with the Ansar. Al-Mahiyya mahiyakum wal-mamatu mamatukum. I will live with you, I will die with you, Ansar. People are like the outer garment, you are like my inner garment, you are close to my heart. People are like the outer garment, you are like the inner one, the one close to my heart. I love you, Ansar. Allahumma lil Ansar, wa awladil Ansar, wa awlada awladil Ansar. May Allah forgive Ansar, their children, their grandchildren. So these are virtues of Ansar, virtues of Muhajirin. Then there are specific virtues, like I mentioned of Hudaybiyah and Badr. Nabi Salaam honored them. Then there is Ashara Mubashara. Sa'id ibn Zayd radiallahu anhu was on his deathbed. And he said that there's one hadith that I heard this from Rasulullah I did not convey it. And now I'm dying and I remember the words that you must convey. Anything you hear from me, you must convey it. One hadith, I did not convey this hadith. Because I, as you will see, he felt embarrassed to convey this hadith. But now I'm dying, I need to convey this hadith I heard from Rasulullah So he said, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَبُو بَكَرَ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وعمر في الجنة وعثمان في الجنة وعلي في الجنة وطلحة بن عبيد الله في الجنة وزبير بن العوام في الجنة وعبد الرحمن بن عوف في الجنة وسعد بن أبي الوقاص في الجنة وأبو عبيد بن الجراح في الجنة so he was noting it down and then he came and said والعاشر في الجنة and the tenth one will also be in Jannah so the narrator got perturbed. He said, what do you mean? What does that mean? He said, okay, let me try one more time. So then he went back. He said, Abu Bakr fil Jannah, Umar fil Jannah, Uthman fil Jannah, Ali fil Jannah, Talha, Zubair, Abdul Rahman bin Awf, Sa'ad bin Rabi Waqas, Abu Ubaidah bin Al-Jarrah. And then he hesitated and he said, Wal-Ashir fil Jannah, and the tenth one as well. He said, it doesn't make sense. What, what, did, what did Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mean by the tenth one? Then he puckered up his courage and finally he said, Wasa'id ibn Uzayn fil Jannah. It was so difficult for him to say his own name, but he had to be, uh, uh, be uh, make sure that he's honest in reading the hadith of Rasulullah These are the ten sahaba on multiple occasions the Nabi sallallahu gave them virtues. So the ten sahaba together. Now each one of them has their own virtues. Every Nabi will have a friend in Jannah, my friend is Zubair. And Abu... Uh, you have Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Every ummah has the most trustworthy person, the most trustworthy ameen of this ummah is Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah. For Sa'ad bin Nabi Waqas radiallahu anhu, for this sahabi, for that sahabi, when the, when the helmet of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam crushed into his skull and went into his teeth and his, into his jaws and his teeth came out and the iron was, uh, um, chains had entered into his cheek, in the battle of Uhud and they were trying to take it out doing they had no surgical instruments in the heat of the battle and when Abu Ubaidah was taking out he was trying to take out those um, chains of iron from the cheek of Nabi Wasallam from his gums he, he didn't have any instruments so he used his own teeth he pulled, put his own teeth and pulled out his front teeth came out and the chain came out then he pulled his other teeth and his teeth came out his teeth he lost his teeth to take out the from the, from the gum of Rasulullah the chains of iron from the helmet that had penetrated and Nabi Sallallahu made dua for him Awjab al-Jannah so these are the different Sahaba and then you have from these ten you have the four Khulafa Rashidin and from these four then you have Abu Bakr the Siddiq each one has their own virtues so there is a whole galaxy for us of Sahaba to fall in love with to learn about the list can go on so we have to 
be inspired by their stories, learn about them, teach our children, speak about them at homes, so that our hearts can be filled with the love of these glorious companions of Rasulullah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to learn more and more and to follow in their footsteps and to be granted admittance into Jannah in their company. Let's perform salah.